Welcome to Influence, the podcast that dives deep into the heart of influencer marketing and the creator economy with the people who know it best. This podcast is hosted by Powder, where streamers can search their best moments to find short, shareable stream clips with AI. And I'm your host, Alyssa Goldberg. Joining us today is Fabienne Poirquet, CEO and co-founder of TubiTube. Fabienne has been instrumental in nurturing an enormous network of channels for Spanish language creators alongside running a digital agency working directly with brands on their presences online and a premium content division to be originals. Earlier in her career, she was instrumental in innovative projects like Clef and early new TV and media ventures at A&E Networks and at Canal Plus. So a true trailblazer in every sense of the word. And we are so thrilled to have you with us today. Thanks for having me on the on the podcast. Very thrilled to be uh, talking about all these uh, topics today. Can you kind of share a brief overview of your journey from the TV industry to founding TubiTube and why you felt like more attention had to be paid to this market and what traditional TV folks were maybe getting wrong or not? you know, taking advantage of the full opportunity of? So we started uh, with my co-founder, Bastian. We started to be Tube in uh, 2014. Before that, I had been working in television for about uh, 14 years. Uh, so quite uh, a lot in traditional, um, uh, starting in traditional media, but almost always heading up the digital ventures in these traditional media companies. When we started working uh, more with YouTube and exploring uh, the content that was on YouTube in in order to discover new talent. Uh, that's when we realized, literally, I had some drawings made in my office. We were like this planet Earth, uh, and there was this like constellation of other planets and ecosystem that was so much bigger in terms of the brand, um, the audiences that we could touch. Maybe we were at, I don't know, at the time it was half a million, one million views a month. And then the biggest YouTubers in France at the same time had 40 millions of views a month. And the audiences right. that we were touching were maybe 20 million unique um, when we were at, I don't know, 250,000 uniques. Um, so that's when we started uh, broadening up the scope of what we were doing and thinking about all the um, business goals of a digital com a digital uh, division inside a traditional media company, which were awareness, potential of commercial, getting uh, new people to know brand awareness. Uh, we decided to have... Um, uh, create a strategy that was around going on the platforms, basically going where the people were, figuring out a way to attract new audiences to our content, and then drilling down the funnel, going down the funnel, right? And that's when I started to be really acquainted with uh, the creator's uh, content. Uh, I saw there was a lot of um, originality, a lot of creativity, uh, large audiences. So if you're talking yeah. in, in, in TV languages, a lot of eyeballs. Um, we're spending yep. a lot of time uh, on that content. And that was pretty much dissociated from um, the traditional ecosystem that was thinking about always about bringing people back to uh, the linear channel. So I did a lot in, in, in these four years. Um, and then uh, came the opportunity to, uh, through my partners and through some, um, through some uh, financing, uh, to create a network of channels uh, around the Spanish-speaking audience, uh, because we saw at the time when I had done the, the due diligence and the work on, on, yeah. on investing into Maker Studio, I had worked a lot with networks in the US, networks in mm. the UK, in France, uh, pan-European. And we saw a gap uh, in the Spanish-speaking world, which is represents mm. 600 million people, 
uh, second language most, most uh, used uh, on YouTube and without real companies um, dedicating themselves to uh, what we call now the creator economy, uh, so content creation on digital platforms. Uh, at the time, which was 2014, there was, I think Mexico was the second country in terms of watch time after the US. Um, Spanish was the second language in terms of uh, millions of people um, uh, speaking it and uh, very uh, over-indexing in terms of um, digital platform usage everywhere in Latin America. Yeah. Of course, everyone knows the numbers in the US Hispanic that by 2030, there will be more people speaking Spanish in the US than people speaking uh, English uh, natively. Uh, so all that um, uh, cre uh, created the, 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 the willingness and the enthusiasm uh, for creating to be tube. Uh, we launched simultaneously in Spain uh, and Latin America and the US Hispanic. I went to move uh, to Miami. Mm. And um, yeah, and that's when it all started. That's super interesting. And I, I want to dig into a few things that you uh, that you mentioned there. The I mean, because you've also been looking at this ecosystem for such a long time and have tried so many different things with TubeTube after launch, how has influencer marketing from the perspective of the video creators themselves evolved since, I mean, over the last several years in your in your view? And then also how have the audiences that you're that you're reaching changed in that time as well in the relationship to those video influencers? Yeah, th th those are really good questions. Um, of course, because we've been, um, I've been working in that uh, very closely in the past ten years. It's changed a lot. I mean, I know we're always thinking as we're in the digital world that it doesn't change fast enough. Uh, and ten years is a long time, but it is true that from where we started, when uh, in the major newspaper in Spain, you would be talking about. Uh, El phenomeno YouTuber, the phenomenon of YouTubers, the revolution yep. of YouTube. Exactly. Where the main topics were mainly these people are millionaires and why are they getting so many views with the content that they create that's not that great. And that's basically cats uh, cats on pianos and, and people right. falling from skateboards. That was, that was the idea. Um, and then when we talked to brands about it, of course, communication being um, very key uh, in, these, uh, in these new territories, uh, they had the same type of um, lack of knowledge. Uh, yeah. So some of them had heard about this ecosystem because, you know, their kids usually uh, knew one or two top influencers. Uh, and in this country, it was a lot around gamers who had really huge audiences thanks to uh, the fact that they were famous uh, on this side of the world, as well as in Latin America, um, El Rubius or Vereta or Willy Rex. Uh, and the brands wanted to work with these three. Uh, so at this, at this time, if you had a conversation around what's your storytelling, which one is your audience, let us find the right influencers for you to work with, um, then it was really hard. It was a little bit the same at the time in France when everyone was around yeah. Norman and Cyprien and all that, these guys. Uh, and they were doing ads for, you know, Schweppes and uh, Coca-Cola and Tringons and cookies and everything at the same time in, in one person, which didn't quite work because then the, yep. the brand retention is really low. Um, to now, uh, when I think, um, as you mentioned, the audiences have changed 2020 uh, with the COVID has played a big role. Uh, VOD has played a big role in the usage adoption for uh, older people. Uh, mm. So now I wouldn't know the stats, but I would think that almost 100% of the population is watching in any given month content, video content on a platform mm. uh, that's not a TV, 
or on an on-demand um, on platform through a TV the traditional TV service or uh, social networks. Uh, I would think that uh, now we have the numbers of creator economy that are humongous. Um, I was at a conference last week and of the numbers I can remember, it's like 40% of the American people between 15 and 25 want to become content creator. So not just yeah. the awareness of the topic, but actually the willingness to be part of totally. that uh, content creation world. Influencer marketing was a new word. Now we have companies that are doing the same than us that were older or came from different countries. You have all the big agencies that are uh, really, have mm -hmm. really a big focus on influencer marketing. Um, uh, so new comments, new, new uh, incumbents uh, who are managing a few TikTokers, for instance. Uh, mm. So it's, it's a very crowded landscape now, uh, which for me as a company always makes us think of what next and how to position ourselves um, yeah. next. Do you find that you still have to evangelize certain parts of what you guys do? You enter in, um, in, a, in French, you say, on terrain conquis, in a place where you already know, people know, but people yep. don't know the depth of it, no? Um, the, the, the complexity as well. I think that's also been a big challenge for the advertising industry. Um, first of all, I don't really understand why it's taking so long because we're always like, okay, if the audiences <laughs> yeah. are and the eyeballs are, there will be the money. Uh, the, the money that's spent on television, even on linear television, uh, compared to the eyeballs, um, in front of the money that's spent on, um, on, on, on co video content on digital platforms is still, uh, there is still, I don't know if it's a one to 10 um uh in terms of uh, you know if you look at it uh with the same uh with the same data uh, data set or or measurement and i think that's a big that's a big issue as well it's like the the linear world has done conglomerates with ratings with um uh grps uh has done a great job of simplifying uh yep. what you're buying and then the sale is either on type of content, uh, the number of views at one single moment in one single country, in one single region for local ad sales in the US. Um, and digital is way more complex. It's like different platforms. The content is different. Creators have been, you know, there's, you know, Mr. Beast type of creators who create videos that, that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yep. And you have creators that create videos with their mobile. They both get your exactly. audiences, but then what's the value of the audience? Because what's the value of the content? Different platforms, now different formats, like long form, short form, live. Um, also, live is recent, right? In digital platforms, yep. except for Twitch, you don't get the same type of live hit that you get uh, on linear TV. So measurements, uh, when I started, we were working about talking about what clicks and page hits and ridiculous things like yeah, that. Yeah, unique. Yeah. And on Instagram, there was a fashion at some point about for talking about real followers uh, versus, yep. versus the fake followers and engagement, which is the number of times people interact with your content. So I think all that, if for us who are um, immersed into that world, is a bit complex. Uh, it's not the same than saying you're going to buy my GRP at that at that more, uh, at that number. Exactly. If it's your World Series, it's this. If it's um, uh, a football game, it's it's another price. Uh, it's more complex, but still, it's been slow 
to move, right? Uh, and that's uh, and 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 that's still part of um, part of the challenge that we face, which is uh, the biggest budgets are coming from the biggest agencies that still buy TV in bulk, and that's an easier buy mm -hmm. than buying on digital. And even if the digital ad spend has grown and you can read that in uh in eMarketer uh for uh for a few years either we're still talking about the budgets around search um then you have the budgets yeah. around digital video and then inside digital video you have paid media and you have influencer marketing and all that influencer marketing is still quite small and i'm not saying it should make the whole of it but the digital ad spend has um decided oh. to put itself in things that were easier to uh, target, calculate um, with uh, with more common metrics and audiences. Uh, that being said, I think digital is a lot of stuff. It's not just influencer marketing, but around video yes. content, there is different ways to position a brand, be it branded, be it uh, pub uh, publicity, be it influencer presence, ambassador, whatever. There is a lot of different formats. Or as you were saying, creating in creating content with creators for other platforms, uh, and using all the touch points to to get the message across and, and, and the marketing landscape for people who are in marketing now is also more complex because you need brand totally. affinity, brand recognition, brand ambassadory, and not just buying ads, um, which I think that's also another uh, element of um, what I do and what I really believe in is that uh, as, a, as a digital agency, uh, not even talking about the creator economy or, or, or the digital content, I think the young generations, or now almost everyone, are going to believe in brands and follow brands and follow their storytelling and their values and their creativity and whatever they stand for and are being more and more resistant to the ad format. And I always say we're yep. in the business of, on, of storytelling, of entertaining people around whatever, around content, around creator, or around the brand. We're not in the business of interrupting experiences with ads that mm. people cannot um, cannot close, and that has changed a bit with YouTube and the fact that you have yeah. um, you have ads that you can uh, the, the skippable format that was hard at the beginning, and now that's that's becoming more in ingrained in marketers' bra uh, brains that in order to create a good ad, they need to create an ad that people want to watch. Uh, and yep. then with the branded content or with um, uh, creators marketing, you go even the the level, um, the the level, um, the uh, higher level. No, or you go you go one more step uh, in the right direction. But um, I think your 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 question was: Is there still evangelization? Yes, there is still evangelization. We're trying to make it simpler in terms yeah. of deconstructing um, the needs of the brand. Uh, meaning yeah. I want to work with an influencer to advertise my event. Okay, what's your brand? What's your target audience? What's your goal? Awareness, clicks, conversion. Uh, are you doing it only once? Do you have a page where you actually, uh, you know, a YouTube page or a TikTok page or Instagram page? Should we link into that? Do you want to do a standalone with an influencer and then that kind mm -hmm. of goes nowhere? Do you want to build uh, a relationship with these uh, people you're talking to, trying to, um, you know, De yeah. deconstruct to then present something that's aligned, uh, of course, with the audiences uh, that the brand uh, needs to reach, their KPI goals, but as well uh, their message, what they want to say, and trying to come up with something that's a little bit more as of a, I wouldn't say long term because long is uh, too long, but like a medium term strategy for the brand to grow with its social presence 
organically and not just do a campaign, have, you know, yeah. 100,000 to spend, then that's done. And then we start from scratch again because we've been very successful in the years um, uh, at creating a brand's presence on social networks. And now I really feel that there are so many socials and there are so many type of content that if you don't build your presence with uh, your Instagram page, your TikTok page, your YouTube page, and build on that, um, yeah, uh, it's it's more complicated to create a trusted um, relationship and a, a, a narrative. But unfortunately, marketers are still used to the campaign. So they have budget four times a year to announce four things. Exactly. Um, uh, but as a, as a, in the agency, we try to think about, okay, even if we're only going to work on this one, Temple event or in this one campaign, how does that um, insert it, itself with the long-term strategy, uh, and how is it going to grow your O and O, your 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 own brand? Because I I really believe that in the end, all brands will be their own um, content creator. And when you are uh, building relationships with creators, are there specific qualities or factors you're looking for? Yeah, we always say uh, <laughs> we always say we look for three things. We look for uh, talent, which is a little bit the ones that uh, you don't you, you you don't really know if people have. It's like a casting, right? People who have a better yeah. way to talk to the camera, a be, better way to engage with their followers. Um, a little bit uh, that question about why is talent A working better than talent B, even if they have the same mm. type of content. It's uh, it's hard to it's hard to measure. Uh, it's a more subjective part uh, than passion, because um, whatever um, I, 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 that's what we call the creator economy, the passion economy. You know, if you want to talk about a subject uh, every day for the rest of your life, or at least for the next ten years, uh, yep. in different shapes of form on different platforms, live, short, your, you know, all that, you're gonna have be passionate about that. Be it you know a medical topic or or fashion or or, yeah. or lifestyle or whatever it is, uh, and then hard work. Um, so and I think that's also been during the years we've talked a lot with wannabe creators, uh, and mm. lost lo- lost uh, a lot of time with that because a lot of people are just seeing the the glitzy and the fancy and the stars and uh, and um, and and the celebrity part now. But don't realize, unless you're in the industry, I think, you don't realize how much work uh, goes into that. How do you see audience preferences and behaviors having changed in the last few years? And how has that also influenced your strategies at approaching creators and parsing through those three elements that you just mentioned? I think every generation has a change in platforms. Um, I think TikTok has been the last one that have really revolutionized um uh, the storytelling, the formatting, um, yeah, the formatting uh, and the recommendation as well. Um, and I think for us, it's the challenging part. It's getting uh, professional and, you know, to be the expert in one platform and then starting again with another one and another ecosystem mm. of creators as well. Uh, because uh, the, this generation of TikTokers usually it's the only platform they use. Uh, they're not really present on Instagram. Um, so I, I and and you know it's an age thing. You know you don't want to be on the same yeah. social networks than your parents. You know, 
um so so you have to you have to evolve with that so i think facebook has grown way older instagram is probably mid-age and uh and tiktok are, are the young ones um and a little bit snapshot is in some territories but um but yeah i think that that that's has evolved uh and will still be evolving uh but that's that's uh, and that's a challenge for a company to be like okay i have these people who are certified in youtube um we're really good at search uh youtube has something interesting which is content uh stays there uh evergreen content works yeah. so someone who is a divulgation um expert who talks about uh art um will have you know if one day uh, there is a, a big expo in at, at the met around uh Vincent van Gogh everyone is going to look for van Gogh and if he has the best video totally. then it's going to surface the other ones uh the short form the tiktok are much more around tendencies and music and trends uh so it's even more volatile and i think for any creator it's a challenge as well because you know a lot of people were working with the instagram instagrammers that were really good at posting photos and then videos came on instagram and then yeah uh, the engagement went to the um, you know went to the drain uh so agencies or creators that's the challenge and it's very yeah it's you need to keep your head uh head cold and 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 learn about new platforms and also be a little bit um we we always say we're platform agnostic but you also need to look at newcomers with humility because i think what was hard in when i was working in the traditional world was the sense of rejection a little bit that uh, or the mm. sense of uh, despise that people could have around digital like this is not content this is just crap exactly and i was kind of like yeah maybe some of it is but maybe there is always some bad content not interesting on tv and no one talks about that so give it a chance it exactly. can also be really good content and if a lot of people are watching it uh, and a lot of smart people are watching it now uh, we realize uh, there may be something there right so i think it's always about uh, being humble and learning about the new platforms and then seeing what works and 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 also keeping uh, up to speed with the the creators um that's also the good point yeah. if i say 40% of people in the us want to become creators that also means as an agency we're working with them and maybe i knew the top 500 in spain on youtube and now there is another 500 in tiktok and another top 500 on shorts uh and that can be a little bit challenging um definitely not working with the same people now than i was working with um 10 years ago in terms of creators yeah and it also it feels like um exactly what you were saying like there is a kind of disdain for the the new format there's always this feeling of like what's highbrow and what's lowbrow and like uh like maybe you know i'm too good for that kind of content and i think instead we need to be taking the position of interrogating like why is this working uh and what either what could we be doing that's learning from why this is working or how do we kind of partner with these people who are very clearly tapping into something that we didn't foresee that mm -hmm. always happens and either mm -hmm. you're going to be the incumbent who gets completely disrupted or you're going to be able to surf the wave a little bit yeah. um and it i to kind of take it back to what you had said earlier about uh, how one of the kind of biggest and um fastest growing trends in influencer marketing in particular is the change in the kinds of verticals and subjects that people are or that influencers are talking about you know at first i guess we 
we think of early influencers, of course, in live, there was the, the gamers. Um, and then on other platforms like on YouTube and even on TikTok, a lot of early people, it's mostly, it's a lot of lifestyle stuff. It's, uh, it's beauty, it's fashion, it's cooking and recipes. But more and more we're starting to see, as you mentioned, education, financial literacy, you're starting to see hard news. I know that's something that we talked about very briefly on our, our call last week, but I'd love to hear your perspective on kind of what is going on in that shift, what interests you about it, and kind of how you see that evolving, and what, what are people who are watching from the sidelines not really understanding about that that you feel like they maybe should? Yeah, I think the, um, you had that first phase, right? That was uh, giving everyone the means to publish anything and the very democratic landscape or uh, horizontal landscape that um, that YouTube offers. Uh, the fact that, you know, everyone now has a cell phone and can record like TV quality, HD type of content um, yep. with anything. So that, the, the leveling up the playing field, that was probably the first level. Um, then the massive consumption, um, getting to uh, everyone uh, to think about online video as uh, something that was available for them when they were looking for something on Google or when they were catching up on their TV show or when they were nostalgic and wanting to rewatch something they watched uh, 20 years ago. Yep. Um, so so uh, leveling the playing field technologically, then getting to a mass audience um, in terms of ages. And then what I think we're seeing right now, uh, I mean, right now, uh, for a few years, it's the, the digital generation, right? These people who don't, uh, who were born with um, social networks and online video, uh, which is not my case. So I would think, you know, anyone now who is between probably top 35 um, uh, has a very different way um, to look for information, um, to see the media landscape, the publishers uh, landscape as us. It has its its bad side uh, and we need to be very uh, very careful with that um, on, a, on, a, on a legal level, on a protection level for young people. Um, I would say anyone is a kid until they're 18 years old. Uh, time spent on social networks is way too high. Um, danger of social networks in terms of uh, content that can be in front of the put in front of the uh, the wrong people, uh, you know, like kids are kids until they get out of secondary school, I think, and uh, human um, mental health issues, uh, not even the, the actual danger of uh, you know bullying or predators, yep. but the 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 issue of having your head a lot in that world instead of outside or with books or with family, right? So that's, um, and of course, the, the, the risk of fake news and, and now with AI fake images and all that, yep. uh, that needs to be heavily legislated. Um, and, and, and it's a bit of a poison. Um, and on the other side, uh, you know, if you want to be progress driven, um, there is a change of paradigm in terms of who knows, who teaches, how do I get information? Uh, where do I get uh, valid information? And the fact that everyone and anyone um, in their adulthood has, has a phone, uh, has a computer, and has access to information in a different way than before. So um, in that change of paradigm, 
really the new generations uh, want to learn, uh, want to comment, want to share, but they also want to be the ones uh, sharing that information about themselves, about what they like, about what they do. Mm -hmm. And eventually if they become doctors, scientific, um, uh, people working in the industry of technology, in uh, the cultural sector, in any sector really, want to use these platforms to you know, not only share their jobs, but maybe the platforms sharing their jobs will be their job. Um, yeah. And, and that's, uh, the, that's the creator economy paradigm, which is where we all are actors in that ecosystem. And these people are now a small country inside the world, you know, 20 or 40 million. Um, there are people who need uh, tools to uh, finance uh, what they do. They're, you know, before they were freelance in the U.S., now they're getting money from the platforms, from the brands, from doing classes, from writing books. Uh, they need um, technological tools. They need uh, to understand the algorithm. They need to understand how to have direct access to their audience because we all know that social networks are pushing what they want to push and these people are trying to figure out a way to have direct access to their audiences. So a lot of tools around blogs, around writing, mm. uh, around uh, sending videos, uh, building email newsletters, things like that are evolving yep. to be more modern. Uh, and to understand that shift. And that's really, um, for me, the, the core of um, what's interesting. Uh, and also where we haven't see, seen that tide um, or that earthquake um, finish yet. Uh, because I think uh, the, the new generations will um, consume information, be it hard news uh, or light information in a whole different way than before. And also what... I really like in this horizontal world is that it's not just passive consuming is everyone can actually, uh, they had a statistic like one out of hundred people on YouTube had a YouTube channel. And I think it's one of 10 on TikTok. Um, so uh, I think the fact that uh, you are able to create content, interest audiences and have a voice um, is, is a, is a paradigm shift that, if I feel like I'm, um, I have a responsibility in that new world, is to help uh, the ones that are want to share knowledge, raise, um, uh, despite all the difficulties that can be uh, in front of them because they're doing, you know, interesting content, not super sexy content. Maybe the algorithm maybe is not helping them, uh, but I think anytime you're trying to help uh, a good scientist or a good a medical person or a good researcher to give some uh, valid information and to share that with people who maybe in their territory don't have access to doctor or knowledge or books or all that. Uh, that's something good that, that that's happening. I have two last questions for you. Go ahead. The first one is um, what advice would you give to individuals aspiring to be influencers? Uh, yeah, I get I get it a lot. <laughs> so, so actually, so actually, I would uh, I would say you really need to uh, believe that this is going to be at least your part time work uh, for the years to come. Um, so uh, that's one that's one recommendation. The dedication, uh, you know, when people are young and they want to do a lot of things, but um, uh, maybe sometimes they abandon fast. This is something where success can come but uh it we're not sure it will come it can come yeah uh but what we what happened to everyone is that it's taken quite a while to come so it's not and i'm not about talking about one or two months i'm talking about years um 
that being said, um, I think anyone who wants to invest time and energy in create, creating content, even if they don't have success um, in terms of views and reaching large audiences, they will always learn in the process. Uh, you learn to create content, you learn to write, uh, to shoot, to edit, to market, to be humble, uh, to fail. It's like a mini enterprise, right? You, you, yeah, yeah. you, you may have a lot of... Um, uh, failures before uh, before you have a win. Uh, that's the second one, and the so you know, like um, try to do it. I'm not going to yeah. tell anyone don't do it. It's not going to work. I'm going to say it's going to be a hard work, and it's going to be a lot of hard work before it, uh, you reach a success. But if you really believe in your gut that you want to try, go ahead and try. And I always also give advice, or my team gives advice, depending on the type of content, depending on the platform, depending on all that. What's the better format? What's the um, rhythm of uploading content? You know, there's yeah. a lot of uh, uh, to-dos or, or, or technical aspects that you need to learn a little bit before you start so that you, you do it the right way. And then uh, the third one um, would be don't overthink it. Just do mm, it. Like good Nike. One. Just do it. Uh, and that's because some people tend to, especially all older people, tend to be a bit like, I'm going to do the perfect video. Um, at the conference I was with la, la, last week, I know Herman Garmedia, who is one of the top talent in Latin America, mm -hmm. said, I did my first video on YouTube, and I felt like I was like this, of energy, moving everything. And I was like <laughs> this, with small voice and all that. And he said it took me two years to get the video I wanted to do two years ago. It gave me two years yeah. of making like three or four videos a week. And that's the idea. Like no one is perfect the first time. And if you overthink it, you're going to take you three months to do the video. You're going to do the video. It's going to get, you know, 24 views, 100 with your families and friends and nothing else. Absolutely. So if you're disappointed <laughs> with that, then you're never going to make the second video. Just start now put your face out there of course it's uh, people follow people so it needs to be personal uh, your person needs to be out there uh and learn as you go ask your audience and all that and one talent i was working with when i was in miami was a talent <laughs> manager for me sandra she always said the harder one were the one from one to hundred then hundred to one thousand a bit easier the thousand to ten a bit easier but the first hundred ones were so or the first thousand ones maybe were the hardest because it never you know, it was, she was looking at it one by one. And now she has more than 10 million. Um, but yeah, it's a, wow. it's a long haul. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Honestly, for a lot of different things, especially uh, entrepreneurship, but definitely uh, creating content on the internet. Um, and then my other question is kind of the, the flip side of that. What advice would you give to an agent or marketer hoping to succeed with influencer marketing strategies? Um, so first of all, uh, go go at it with humility. Um, try to immerse yourself in the ecosystem to understand um, what's good. You know, immerse yourself with the ecosystem. I always believe that um, there is no classes uh, about digital, and yep. which is going to learn you, teach you a lot of acronisms, maybe lots of metrics, lots of matrix. <laughs> yeah. You know, a way to see things, lots of. Uh, complex marketing jingo. Uh, but I think if you don't spend time watching actual content, then watching brand content, then looking at all the platforms, 
you know, navigating through this ecosystem, it's going to be hard uh, to have a sense of it. And then once you know videos, content, creators, or you've immersed yourself, I don't know, for one, two, three months, um, get recommendations from the agencies, from the influencers, uh, listen to creative ideas. Don't try to put your own willingness to do something that you want to do with a brand, like an ad inside the case of a content yeah. creator. Um, do some back and forth and uh, just focus on what you're focusing on in general, which is KPI. What are my KPI? What do I want to achieve uh, with which audience? So it's not about this is creative and it's going to go there and be alone. No, this is like a creative way to get to your objective. Um, so you have your objective, you know your audience, you know your storytelling, you know what you can and cannot do. Even write that. The brands that do the yeah. writing on that are the best. Because don't say this, don't say that. The brand is this, Absolutely. the brand is not that. Show what you like, show what you don't like. And then give that brief, brief to the agency and figure out the and, and check the strategy they're going to give you. Um, and then that's going to be the most the most successful, I think. Uh, and don't try to dip the toe in the water. Oh, I don't like it. I didn't like but some, some brands are also like, I did it once. There was one video. I hated it. I mean, really, you're going to judge the whole. Yeah. Ecosystem, the whole marketing, digital marketing with one trial, with one talent. No, like you need to put your eggs in different baskets, see which one works in terms of persona, which, you know, you're the yeah. only one to know. Uh, if it's a person that really represents you, if the way they work with the content is something that you enjoy, you find entertaining, or that your audience enjoy and find entertaining, because that's also mm -hmm. humbling. Sometimes you're like, I'm not the target audience, so I don't have an opinion. That's hard. But uh, yeah, really if it worked, if you see there is a lot of likes and people talk about your brands and all that, I mean, realize that maybe you know what you don't know, you, you know what you don't know. So uh, let, let that happen. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, immerse yourself, be strategic in your battles, like know your KPI, you know your numbers and let, let different, uh, different agencies pitch you. I have so many more questions that I will not be able to ask today, um, but I truly, I'm so grateful for your expertise on this. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And that's our show. Thanks for tuning in to Influence. It was really wonderful having Fabienne here. Remember that with every episode, we bring you the minds and voices leading the charge in the influencer marketing world, helping you stay ahead in this rapidly changing landscape. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And if you like it, please leave a review and never miss an episode. Follow us on social media at PowderGG on Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube for more updates and behind the scenes content. See you on the next one.